Hi everyone, my name is Pastor Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flock? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the Senior Pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the Senior Pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. What's up, Pastor Joel? Doing great, how are you? Great, excited, because today... We're going to be talking about a great topic, swearing. What the flock? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. So what is the background of this topic, PJ? Well, the background to swearing? (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me of one of my favorite movies. There's a scene where somebody's talking and says a word that people don't normally use. And somebody says, that's a made up word. And he said... All words are made up, and it kind of put the guy in his place. But nice. it actually, um, it actually brings up, you know, it reminds me of this swearing topic because words are made up. Words do have a specific meaning, and I would say what people mean by swearing, generally speaking, what people are talking about when they say a swear word or a four-letter word is these words that are deemed offensive. I see. So that's really what we're talking. The background would be swear words are, yeah, offensive words. Okay, so we're not talking about like swearing on any gravestones that I will avenge my father's right. death. Any, we're not talking about that. We're talking we're about like offensive, making a vow or an oath. No, okay, we're, we're talking about offensive words. Okay, cool. So, how have people been hurt by the topic of swearing in the church? Once again, this prim and proper perspective comes up for what it what a christian looks like Mm -hmm. in particular you know christians don't drink smoke or swear that's like a slogan right yeah i feel like it is maybe it's just because i've been saying it so much now but i do feel like christians don't drink smoke or swear is like kind of like oh he's a christian he doesn't drink smoke or swear if i saw him doing any of those things i'd wonder is he really a Christian? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And that's really brings up hmm. the the damage in the church would be there are a list of words you can't say. If you do, it's automatically a sin. Hmm. Saying these words, these four-letter swear words, is a sin. Just bar none. Hmm. So the people been hurt or judged in this area because if somebody would use a word that is just, you know, deemed offensive in and of itself, no matter the usage, these people are told they're they're sinning or or maybe even being destructive by using these words. Okay. So uh, can they support that in the Bible? Those people that hold that, hold that belief? Yeah, they can, or they do. Um, because the the issue comes down to the you know when these words are deemed as wrong to use mm-hmm. in every context, it's not making it's not leaving any room for what what was the intended purpose behind the word. So these people who are saying you can't ever use these words will use verses like Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no corrupt talk or corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may be grace to those who hear, which is great. Mm. I'd say we both agree with that, but basically 
what these people are saying is that these words you're using, these swear words you're using, automatically are corrupt. They're automatically tearing people down. Right. In this perspective of like, well, God would never have you use a word like that. Which is really, again, not we're not getting to the meaning of these words. There's not room given to what these words mean. So it's really a focus on appearance. Hmm. Just like Christians, the way Christians look, prim and proper, is focus on appearance. Gotcha. So then, would you say that that is the actual issue? Is people are focused on appearance? Yeah, that would be the, the foundation behind this issue. It goes deeper than what the words are being used. So how would I, or how would someone argue against that perspective then? One way would be to explain how the Pharisees were focused on appearance as well. And I don't no know. No one wants to be a Pharisee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, one, no one wants to be a Pharisee. That's good. But, you know, another way I could, I could defend my thought process in this situation if someone was coming at me is by asking... Is it possible that in this situation, me using a quote-unquote swear word actually built up the person that I was talking to? Ooh. Or even asking, and I kind of hinted towards this a little earlier in the intro, who deemed this word a swear word? And what does that even mean? Right. Like, who determined these four-letter words were bad and wrong and offensive? Man did. Hmm. So they are, so it could be people saying that this word, I deem this word as corrupt and therefore I put my meaning into that passage in Ephesians. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what, what the hurt that's happening to people is if you use a swear word and I immediately think you're being corrupt with your words, I am projecting and judging your meaning behind the words you use without ever giving you an opportunity to explain yourself. Well, there we go. And wouldn't you know, look at that, Pastor Joel, our phone lines are lighting up because we have a call from Pastor Dick Tater of hey. McMillan, Alabama. How are we doing today, Pastor Tater? Oh, uh, yeah. Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, now, I have somewhat to say about this matter, obviously, because I'm the pastor of the largest church in McMullen, Alabama. And y'all are talking about swearing. And as you know, because y'all are avid readers of the Word of God, in Matthew 26, 74, then began Pete. He is Peter to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cop proved. Peter wanted to prove that he wasn't following Jesus, so he swore. So, can a good tree produce bad fruit, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan? I think not. You know what, I'll just hang on the line and wait for you to answer my question, and as always, this is my favorite podcast to hate. God bless. Well, thanks for the call, Pastor Tater. Uh, great perspective. Pastor Joel, did you want to answer Pastor Tater's question? Yeah, I'd love to. He asked, can a good tree produce bad fruit? Great question. I'd yeah. say no. But this gets back to 
the original strict perspective again. Is Pastor Tater immediately judging a swear word as bad fruit? That would be what my question to ask him. Excellent. Okay, so where we're at right now currently is, you know, the church, people have been hurt in the church by the prim and proper perspective. Christians don't drink, smoke, or swear. And that where we would be considering the more rigid perspective, the more limitation perspective. What is the loose perspective, Pastor Joel? Can you bring us to the other side of this argument? Yeah, the loose side would be I can say whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want, to whomever I want. Uh-huh. And this can be rationalized, especially what one of the things we see today is speak your truth, which I agree with. People should speak their truth. But what does that mean? Is that a rationalization for me to say whatever I'm thinking, however I want to say it, and you can't be offended because I'm just speaking my truth? So that would be the loose perspective is you can't hold me to to being responsible with my words. It's up to you. Basically, one of the things we've learned through these this loose perspective is no, there are no limitations on me mm. in this scenario. I put all the burden on you to have to deal with with what I'm saying and, and how I'm saying it and why I'm saying it. So how have people been hurt by that perspective, that limitation being put upon them? Well, it's funny. It reminds me of this, this uh, I don't know, this catchphrase that I remember saying as a kid and may have heard it too sticks and stones may break my bones but words Always will never, never hurt, hurt me. me yep and as an adult now i realize how opposite and wrong that statement is because the way people have been hurt really this loose perspective is just it's like saying i have all this ammunition and words actually are spiritual and mental and emotional words may not be physical but what's more damaging? If I get punched in the face, I might get a black eye. I might even get cut. But that'll heal physically. But if somebody is speaking to me with destructive words, that is that can cause wounds that, that may take years to heal. And actually, a lot of times, and what we're dealing with with people who've been hurt by church, a lot of times words and their use have been at the heart of the damage they've experienced. And we're seeing people walking into church, hurt by church, with these mental, emotional, and spiritual damage they've experienced that is taking years and years for these people to get repair from. And and ultimately, a lot of this spiritual, mental, and emotional damage is what's causing people to not want to go to church in the first place. It's not the physical damage that happens, so... Yeah, it's that's really interesting. You know, I I think you can kind of we can all see like a a pastor in a church kind of like a coach on a sports team, you nice. know, that they're kind of rallied, they're rallying everyone up and syncing everyone up together and working together. Well, I remember in high school, you know, I've had sports injuries before when I was playing baseball or whatever right. in football. But that damage that I experienced physically was nowhere near when I had one, a coach say to the entire team when I wasn't there, Canadians can't play baseball. Ouch. Because I grew up in Canada 
And he said that to the whole team. And I don't know if me or the team ever got over that comment. And so that damage stuck with me until eventually I quit. Yeah, that's a great example of how much more damaging words can be right. than just the physical injuries you experience. Right. So how do you address this issue? If someone's talking to me this way, yeah. they're on they're on the loose side and they're just, you know, spraying ammunition, just destructive words. Or maybe I don't know what their meaning is behind the words. One of the things I could do is just ask, would you be okay if I talked to you the way you're talking to me? And what that does is it, again, it reaches this person in the part of their thought process that they're acting according to. These people aren't necessarily using the human brain God gave them. They're using the animal brain. They're being led by unconscious, their unconscious brain. And, and the only way to reach these people is indirectly. So flipping it on them like that reaches them in a way, in the only way they're reachable. Or another simple question to ask people who are using words that you may find offensive or that you may feel hurt by is to just ask, is it right for you to use those words? And then just to leave it alone, regardless of what their answer is. One of the hardest things to do, right? Ask a question and walk away. The walking away part's harder than asking the question. Yes, it is. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? Can you Break this down, these perspectives on swearing for us. One of my thoughts is words are so important. And really what it gets down to, though, when I see words being used in the church and or swears being used in the church is it gets down to why they're being used again. Mm -hmm. Why is the church an area we can't use these words? I don't know. Why are we using them? So I see people who are really strict, who are on this prim and proper, we can't swear. I actually see these people as being, they're limiting the people that they're able to reach. There are certain people I might be able to reach if I was a little looser with my communication. But I also see people who are really uncaring and, and uncareful with their words are also limiting their reach because if they're use if they're too loose with their language there are people they may be offending without even knowing it mm. but again it all gets back to the why so mm -hmm. i really see there's three categories of people that i see as it relates to swearing there's the people i feel sorry for these are people who i think it's the people who are swearing thinking that it makes them look cool or it makes them look tough or maybe even grown up you know, you remember being a kid and it's like I start making swears when I'm, you know, eight or nine years old because I hear my older brother or my dad <laughs> swear and it makes me feel like I'm a man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I feel bad for people like that. And, and honestly, another one, another area people I feel bad for are people who are trying to be funny. Nice. Who their only way of trying, they don't really know how to be funny. So they're their method of being funny is to be really um is to to often use swear words as mm -hmm. like their punchline right the other group i understand there is a group of people who use swear words that i understand why they do and i would say these are the people who are using swear words for a specific reason for a specific meaning of the word and and uh an example of this would be using a swear word as if it's an exclamation point 
Like I may need to, in a certain situation, I may feel it's necessary to use a swear word in order to put some emotion or emphasis behind the statement I'm making. I understand that. Is it is it wrong? No. Is it the best option? I don't think so either. Because hmm. there are the people who, I there's people who I've seen use swear words that I actually look up to. I'm impressed with. And these are the people who, it's not about the swearing. Huh. It's about connecting with the people that they're interacting with. Oh, that's cool. So when people are intentional about speaking to a person according to what builds that person up in their uniqueness, it helps that person feel connected. And there are times, there are certain people who, if you use a swear word with them when you're communicating with them, they actually feel known. They'll relax. That's a, that's one. Yeah, that, <laughs> they will. They'll relax. They might even feel like, wow, you trust me. You're able to say words like that in front of me. Mm. And I feel like you trust me. Like I can handle it. So there is this perspective of people who are using their words, even swear words where it can be done in a way that I'm impressed with. Awesome. So what is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? The ultimate answer Say whatever you want, as long as it's for the other person's benefit. And I'd even say, I could even go in specific to the context and the topic of this episode. Mm -hmm. This also means, the ultimate answer means, swear as much as you want. Ooh. Ooh, that, <laughs> that's uncomfortable. Swear as much as, as you much want. As much as you want. As much as you want, as long as it's for the other person's benefit. Wow, so what applying that, let's apply that to, to uh, Pastor Dick, who's listening right now. Nice, yeah. So how would you apply that to Pastor Dick? Swear as much as you want for Pastor Dick's benefit. What does that mean? So what it would mean, based on what I know from him, it would probably mean he wouldn't ever want me to swear. So then what would you do? I wouldn't. <laughs> When I'm, I know from what I've learned, even just from the, the, the one call from this episode, I know his perspective of swearing and, and I know he's from what I can gather, he's a guy who wouldn't, who wouldn't appreciate it and who would probably be offended by it. So therefore me swearing would not be for his benefit. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church... You're not alone. We're here for you.